In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we want to talk about restoration, today is the day to talk about it. What is being restored here is the pristine purity of Eden. Adam and Eve inhabited paradise. But as true, actual human beings, they had the same radical freedom that you and I do. Because as God creates us, our species, unlike anything else, he programs freedom right into us. And so, exercising her God-given freedom, Adam and Eve said no to God. Interestingly enough, it involved eating, nutrition, prolonging our life for a little longer by eating food. The basic thrust of our lives, which can get so easily out of hand. So there, in the midst of paradise itself, is Eve's big no. Along comes this girl in Nazareth. She's a teenager. And God sends the Archangel Gabriel to her with what she herself refers to as a word. And oh my, don't the Greek fathers go absolutely dizzy with that one. Ah, the Logos. He gives her the word that she will be the bearer of the word. And you can peel that like an onion for deeper depths of meaning, significance for us. And in the context of a back and forth between this Nazareth teenage girl and the holy archangel Gabriel of all, we find the following phrase from her. We see that she's confused. We're talking about bearing a child. Mary is no fool. She knows that she's not married, that she doesn't have anyone to father a child. So what is going on? 
The archangel explains with a non-explanation. He tells her what is going to happen, but he cannot explain how things are going to be. He simply says that the Holy Spirit will overcome her. And as a result, she will be with child. She still doesn't know how this is happening. She only understands that it is happening and is going to happen. And here comes her defining moment, her defining phrase. Be it unto me according to thy word. Oh my. We have the teenage Mary of Nazareth. But in that very moment, she becomes the new Eve. She cancels out the first Eve's big no with her big yes to God. One day, a long time, many years after, the one whom she will bear, is walking around and a voice comes out of the mob. If you've been in the Middle East, you remember, Catherine, how the truth of what a Greek-American woman once told me, you go to Greece or the Middle East and you discover why God gave you elbows. <laughs> I mean, these aren't crowds, these are mobs. <laughs> Out of the mob comes the voice. Blessed are the breasts that nursed thee. Blessed is the womb that bare thee. Christ, remembering this event in his mother's life, said the following. Yes, that's true. Surely the body of the Virgin Mary is blessed. Yes, yes it is. He's not correcting in the sense of saying, no, you're wrong. But he is giving the true depth to the role of his mother, not just in his life, but because it was his life in all our lives, since he touches all mankind. He said, nay, rather blessed are they who hear the word of God and keep it. If ever there was an icon, a human icon of that one, it is Virgin Mary. Who ever heard the word of God as she heard it? No one. This is unique. She is, to use the phrase, an elect woman. She's elected. And the elector, of course, is the Father, the source of the Holy Trinity.
she hears the word in a unique manner, hearing a unique message, never before, never since. And boy, does she keep it. Throughout everything, facing every kind of challenge, but she holds it. And the Lord, speaking back to the voice <laughs> from the mob, says that. And therein lies the unique significance and value of today's feast. A feast that is kept in the church unlike any of the other great feasts of the Mother of our Savior. Today is the beginning of our salvation, it says. Because of this restoration, she takes us back to not the paradise of Eden, which is gone, but to that paradise which is within each of us and which we find uniquely within the body of bodies, the body of the Church, Jesus Christ. Here it is. Here it is for each of us with our own particular challenges that we deal with in our lives. Here it is for all of us as a community. This place where the Word of God one day was heard and then was kept for all the rest of her days on this earth. God's election of this particular girl, woman, out of all the females alive that were on the earth at that time, that had been before that time, that have been since that time, gives her exactly the position that she has with us. To say that this is a triumph of orthodoxy, a continuing observation of the very first feast of Great Lent, is an understatement. Here is the triumph of orthodoxy as a deed, an act. The act of holding on to the Word of God. And yes, the Greek fathers are exactly right to point out that this coin has two sides. To hold on to the Word of God as we all have it in sacred scripture. Yes, for sure but also to hold on to that word, that unique word of God, to whom, not to which, to whom all the scriptures bear witness. And there is this Nazarenean teenage girl bearing witness through her own life and acting doing the Word of God, bearing 
for us the word of God. She does in truth cancel out the first Eve's no. She is in fact the new Eve. The Eve which is in that paradise where the word of God is heard and is kept. And that place, uniquely for each of us, is in the paradise of our own human heart. As hard as the day may be through which we live, as awful as a sudden challenge may be that looms up suddenly in front of us, we must never lose contact with the fact that, yes, even under hard conditions, our heart always has that potential of being for us the paradise where the word of God is heard and kept. So great is the significance of the Theotokos, the birth giver of God. So great is the significance of today's feast, unique among the great feasts of the Church. God grant that you and I, as we lead our lives on this earth and live them out hour by hour, will be led with these great truths in mind. They are filled with light for us. And if we have ever had a dark moment on this day, who better than us to appreciate the value of light. Amen.